On this episode, we discuss the net. But not the kind that you get fishes with. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalen. And I want to take a quick moment before we get into the episode just to remind mm. everybody we're in the middle of our Flop TV series of kind of streamlined TV-ish episodes of the Flophouse. By the time you are hearing this, we all have done our first episode, Beastmaster 2, through the portal of time. And when you're hearing this, if you're hearing this on the day this episode is released, you will have one more week to watch the recording of it. Even though that episode was released live, we did it live on the air. Uh, we, we're doing it live on the air. We're just going to do it live mm-hmm. on the air, in the road. Nobody's watching, but hopefully you're watching. And you have one more week to watch uh, if you <laughs> today buy a ticket. We're going to have five more episodes, five more months. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Once a month, go to theflophouse.simpleticks.com for tickets and more information. Uh-huh, yeah. Sorry, I'm laughing because there's a brief point where like that sort of turned into like a James Joyce version of <laughs> an advertisement. Mm-hmm. Just like... Pure stream of consciousness, mm-hmm. less 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 helpful maybe for the, the but more beautiful but, and influential. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Should I watch yeah. the Flophouse live show? Yes, I said yes, and then yes. Yeah. Mm. Well, this is a podcast where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. And mm-hmm. hey, let's 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 be upfront with what we're doing here. Uh, the Writers Guild of America is on strike. SAG-AFTRA is on strike. At least when we're recording this, uh, no end in sight for those strikes so far. Uh, And because of that, we thought, hey, even though we talk about movies that we are saying the general consensus is that they're bad, and so maybe that's not like the most promotional one could be, we still didn't want to promote new stuff, you know, newer media while the strike was going on. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So we decided to use this strike as an opportunity to sort of go back in time uh, and do some older films that were before the Flophouse even existed. Uh And we were going to kind of do this by decade. When the Flophouse was just a twinkle in Dan's eye. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We were going to, we decided, let's do, let's do this by decade. Let's start off in the nineties, do, uh, do some 90s films, then go back a decade, do some 80s films. So you're saying but we're already going to go back in time, mm-hmm. and then we're going to go back even further in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, who knows? If the strike lingers on forever, you might get some real classic flops. Ugh, yeah, we're going to be seeing <laughs> We're going to talk about all the worst movies of the silent era uh, yeah. eventually. Hopefully the strike won't go that long. But also, you know, going back, we loosened up what we thought of as a flop. We're, we're, we're just going back and looking at some movies that maybe are thought of as being kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which is, I think is Yeah, the at this point, life is difficult. Let's just have fun, guys. Like, let's just yeah. have fun. Let's not worry about the, the deets. Uh, if you, uh, speaking of the strike, if you would like to make a donation of any kind to help support uh, entertainment workers who are affected by the strike, please go to entertainmentcommunity.org. Otherwise, the most direct way you can help two specific workers affected by the strike, Dan and me, is by (laughs) 
buying tickets to our live shows and continuing to support us and and so forth. Uh, yeah, and so we really appreciate it. We Thank appreciate you for, that a lot. For doing uh, that, those of you who do Without that. this podcast, things would be pretty dicey for us. And I don't just mean because I would have to go back to my gambling roots to keep mm. my family uh, afloat. Also, I just, you call it the Mississippi <laughs> grind, right? <laughs> yeah, I call it the Mississippi grind, and sometimes I call it the Tallahassee shuffle. But I'm, did, I'm not calling it that too much I, lately. I did not mean to imply, by the way, that only those who support us financially in some way are valued listeners. I'm I'm glad that you're all out there, but I'm also glad that there is some money coming in. Dan is merely saying all animals are created equal, but some are more equal than others. And the ones that are more equal are the ones who are directly financially supporting us. Different so way if you would of like, saying it, I guess. But also remember, four hoofs was good, but it's now bad. Two hoofs was bad, and it's now good. Oh, this so is we the can new all update. Hooves. So wait, yeah, update is it for yeah. twenty twenty three? Yeah, good exactly. that I have a. Is it good that I have a star on my belly, or should I not have a star on my belly? Uh, I talked to. I looked see. at. Yeah, I, I talked to. Looked at the latest McBean numbers, the latest monkey McBean numbers, and uh, mm-hmm. it's inconclusive at the moment whether it's better to have a star or not have oh, a star. Okay. Yeah. What about butter side up or down? Is that is that Ooh, a thing? Dan, we never make light of that. Never forget. The victims of the butter battle. Oh, boy. It was dangerous. Yeah. So yeah. today we talked about a little movie from 1995 called The Net. Now, have you guys seen The Net before? I today? saw The Net in the theater, baby. Same here. And I, I saw- remember walking out being like, that was a thrill ride. Yeah. yeah. I saw it in the theater, and I saw it years later when uh, the l- late lamented 92Y Tribeca put on a double feature feature called Hackers of 1995. Which okay, the net, the net so I was hackers. there with you. I asked yeah. Stuart whether he was there, and he was like, unfortunately, no. But I think that was a that was a laugh riot, those two movies together. Oh, it was great. It was so much yeah. fun watching The Net and Hackers. And I, it was so great then. And I feel like internet stuff has only gotten more complicated, and these com- programs only look more primitive now. And that was, yeah. that was at least 10 years ago, I think. So, oh, I, what a ride. What a before ride. We, before we actually get into the plot of the movie, I just want to talk about the thing that the the biggest appeal of this movie, watching this now, is the anytime a character logs on or turns on a fucking computer screen, we are graced with the most beautiful graphics in the universe. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's ordering a pizza where you get to see the pizza before you, imagine the ingredients and they appear on screen. The, the, the funny thing about this movie is it looks so out of date now, but at the time... People were not like the thing, a thing that seems very simple to us today, ordering pizza online was not a thing that was done. No, it was an amazing thing. It was an amazing thing that Sandra Bullock would be ordering a pizza online and that the graphics would look so good for this pizza.net, this magical website. You remember when Jurassic Park came out, people were like, I, it's amazing the idea of a cloned dinosaur. It astounded people. Now they're everywhere. People are not that impressed yeah, by them. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. You can't. Well, go outside without tripping over a damn raptor just Th- lying on the you. ground being lazy. You know. Thank you for deflating the moment because I was realizing how old I sounded <laughs> right then. But yeah. like, it is true that like this movie, when it came out, was a thrill, right? Because it seemed yes. pre- prescient, and it, it it is in certain ways. And you're still, like, but it also now. You know, it's it's imagining such a goofy version of the future Look, that we it's, know it's yeah. quite right. It's prescient in the idea that there are corporations and shadowy figures that want to use the internet as a means of control and to make money. And the thing the movie gets wrong is that it, th- it posits they would have to do that in a conspiratorial, a covert <laughs> way, when in reality they just do it. It's just over yep. and everybody just puts yeah. up with it. But there was – I have to say I was I was also hit by the nostalgia bug while watching it because a lot of it – 
uh, centers around this website for a for a band called Mozart's Ghost. And the way their website is set up, <laughs> the buttons to get to different areas are in the shape of instruments. And I was like, oh yeah, remember when like people would like make like the inter- websites like looked interesting or at least like everyone was like, we got to jazz it up. It's the internet as opposed to now when it's just kind of like you click on the menu button and then a menu pops up, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, Everybody go over to boardgamegeek.com to see what a bad-looking website looks like. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. But I mean, like, the reason we abandoned that was it was annoying. Oh, like, it's super it unwieldy. Like- <laughs> and it means that all these anime, it's the same way we've been watching, I've been showing Monty Python to my older son, and I have the DVDs that got put out by A&E years ago. And mm-hmm. every disc, when you put it in, you have to sit through this long animation that promotes Monty Python. It's like a long animated introduction that's like, the groundbreaking BBC series, now on DVD for the first time. And I'm like, you don't have to make a big show of it. Just like, get me to a menu. Like, just get <laughs> me to the episode I want. I don't need to celebrate DVDs each time I put it in. Or we watched a, a DVD of League of Their Own the other day, and it opens with this long advertisement for movies on DVD, and it's mm, the most random assortment of movies. Yeah. And it's just like, mm. I get it. Yeah, it's just, take me to the fucking it's, movie. Like, just, but I gotta I, say, I'm pushing back. I love that shit. Give me like trailers for old ass movies I haven't thought about. Give me a trailer for Chain Reaction or some shit. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. That was when I finished watching the net. The, the one of the movies that came up as an option to watch again. What next was Chain Reaction, and I was like, should I? Maybe. <laughs> you, you looked over at Danielle. She's asleep. <laughs> yeah, right, it felt like I was cheating mm. on the movies of today. No, a- Andrew Davis is a pretty yeah. good action director. It, it's got to have something. <laughs> okay, let's get into the net. Yeah. Ruby has a cold open. We uh, we see the Undersecretary of Defense. He's <laughs> making calls, doing deals, doing business. He goes <laughs> off uh, on a ride to a playground. He says goodbye to his family, and then he promptly commits suicide in a public park. <laughs> he what? promptly sticks a gun in his mouth as the camera hands up to a big statue of like a man drowning in sand that's in that park. Yeah. And you heard the gunshot. And, I and know you're like, that the, that's a dope statue. It is a dope yeah, statue. Yeah, it's a great I, statue. I do, like the movie doesn't want you to laugh at this. Like it's like a man committed suicide, but it, it was the first big laugh of the movie for me, just in the sense that like, you're given no foreshadowing. It's such, no, a, not it's at such all. a like uh, it's such a classic like thriller opening. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, what what was so horrible that uh, caused that girl to get killed by the ring? Well, that's how we you know. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's also I'll mention that, that so this would have meant more in 1995 also because mm-hmm. this is deliberately playing off the death of D- Vince Foster, who was one of the White House counsels oh. and who had died of a gunshot oh. of a self inflicted gunshot wound. In a, in a park, in a, in a public park. And there were all these conspiracy theories about it. The Clintons had him murdered and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, when it seems likely now that it was just suicidal depression. And if you yeah. are, if any listening are feeling depression Obviously. or feeling those thoughts, please reach out to someone. Please, uh, you're not alone. And uh, this is a serious moment that I didn't mean to stumble into. But <laughs> please yeah. take a moment, reach out to somebody. People care about you. And you are worth it. Uh, but this would, but to viewers at the time, they would have been like, "Oh, this is like that thing that happened." And I will say that statue—it's yeah. a real statue. It's called the Awakening. It's uh, it's located in uh, Prince George's County, Maryland. So uh, you can go see it. It's a giant, oh, a big you can go giant. Go see it on your tour of the, the net filming location. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine there's a plaque that says, "In 1995, <laughs> the movie The Net was shot here." Uh-huh, and there's a picture of all the kitchen staff standing next to Sandra Bullock, uh, and it's on the wall. <laughs> yeah, okay. The kitchen staff at the statue. <laughs> okay, so um, we are we are wasting daylight here, guys. So we are then introduced to Angela, played by that's right, Sandy B. 
And she is a computer programmer who works remotely. Oh, prescient, right? That's just like all you guys. Uh, mm -hmm. She works remotely finding bugs and programs. She lives alone. She hangs out in chat rooms. She takes care of her mother who suffers from Alzheimer's and is very excited about an upcoming vacation. It, it was very funny to me how this was positioned as like the saddest life that she has where she's like alone ordering pizza off the internet, talking to other people on the internet when that's just how life is these days. <laughs> yeah, she like- Yeah, yeah well, she, I mean- not a not a bad mess. Not incorrect. Life has gotten sadder in a lot of ways. So. No, no, I I know. It's just like at the time, it was like this is the worst thing you can imagine. <laughs> imagine a what kind of woman loser alone in her home, she, ordering pizza and talking <laughs> to people on the internet. She well, she's and she's ordering pizza off of one computer and the other computer she's playing wolfenstein i gotta tell you I, i've never been happier than when i was doing those things <laughs> yeah it looked pretty good to me yeah but, you, but you're right dan that the message seems to be why would you stay at home why would you talk to people at a distance what good this lady needs is to sitting be sitting alone in your room elliot come yeah, she, to the cabaret she needs to be at a cabaret she needs to be in a crowded indoor <laughs> space with lots of people everyone yeah, breathing right. in each other's faces yeah mm -hmm. Okay, so singing songs about two ladies. Anyway, go on. This is great. There's a lot of like little <laughs> touches, as we mentioned. There's Pizza.net. There's Wolfenstein. Uh, she hangs out in a cyber chat room of other people who are cyber inclined, like Cyber Bob and Iceman. Uh, <laughs> All our friends. She she's clearly now we, is that Iceman from Top Gun? It, it is. Yeah, and he. Uh, the thing is, uh, she's dangerous. Um, okay. So we learn that she's single, but she has kind of high standards. She has a very specific idea of what kind of man she wants, and she yeah. explains it to her friends in the chat room. Uh, she also discovers a virus in the copy of Wolfenstein she's playing terrible, so she mails that to her friend Dale. Who, in who exchange, collects viruses. Who collects viruses and who works in their office, but she's never been there. Right? She yeah, so the remotely. offices are in San Francisco. So Citadel, the company that she works for, is in San Francisco. She lives in Venice, Ca California. Cathedral. LA, baby. It's Cathedral, Elliot. Citadel oh, Cathedral, was the sorry. failed Amazon Prime program. Yeah, yeah. Um, another Citadel example makes more of, sense, though, as a, as a cybersecurity company than Cathedral does. Yeah. An early remote worker. I don't want to gloss over her like high standards for men because it's like, it's a very. Because you felt, you felt threatened that she was asking yeah. too much. I do. I do. <laughs> Well, I did, but I, I want to feel like I have a chance with the girl from Speed. It did, it did feel a little bit like the song that don't impress, impress me much where I'm like, okay, well, your standards, I don't know. I love the idea. Wants, that, out, that's, out. that's the Italian version oh. of the song, that don't impress me much. <laughs> she was she was like, I want Albert Schweitzer by way of Captain America. And I know yeah. that this is like in the context of like a fantasy, like who's your ideal man on the thing. But I'm like, all right. Tone it down a little bit. But Dan, it, originally it was even worse. I looked in the original screenplay, and at one point she mentions hung like a centaur, which seems oh, unrealistic. Wow. That is unrealistic. Yeah. Specifically a centaur. Yeah, a centaur, yeah. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. that's uh, that's where there's a little set of extra legs behind the balls, right? <laughs> yeah, because that's what she likes. Yeah, exactly. It's like a, a horse, you know, like that's that's more than you need. Like a centaur, now I'm assuming a centaur has a somewhere between a normal man's penis yeah, and a horse's penis. Yeah, it's called a happy penis. medium. Yeah, it's a yeah, happy okay. medium in terms of penis size, yeah. Dan, get out your Etch-A-Sketch and draw me what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, hold on. Twiddles and knobs. No, oh, no, he shook it. Oh, he sneezed and shook <laughs> oh, it. The pic, it's lost to history. Oh, no. Uh, so much great art has been has been lost because of the Etch-A-Sketch. 
Okay, so she's talking to her friend Dale. This is where the plot of the movie okay. starts to kick in, guys. She's talking to her friend Dale, who's played by the guy who played the priest from Deadwood. You know what he looks like. He mm. looks kind of like if Matthew Modine was a little bit weirder. Um, and she mails <laughs> him a virus. His name is Ray McKinnon. <laughs> yeah, as I mentioned, he collects viruses. And in exchange, he mails her a disc that leads her to a website for <laughs> a rock band called Mozart's Ghost, which is a very funny website, and it has lots of sound. Um <laughs> And it seems like a, like a band web's, a web page, but in the bottom corner, it's actually this, if you click on it, it has a little pie symbol and it's an elite hacking key uh, <laughs> that lets the user basically into any website. It and is, what I, it is a, this is not an important correction, but you do have to click on it and then do like a control something or whatever. It's not just like someone who could be like, why is there pie? <laughs> is yeah. there I order like pie? pie, a pizza <laughs> pie. I'll go to pie.net. Uh, yeah, well, so two things I want to say here. One, when Mozart's Ghost boots up, it goes, Mozart's Ghost, the hottest band on the internet. And you hear this, I think, seven <laughs> times, that, six times throughout the Every movie. Every time it makes me smile. Every time it makes me, and each time I've seen this movie, that is the thing, for some reason, <laughs> some reason that's the line that makes me the most nostalgic every time, is Mozart's Ghost, the hottest band on the internet. And the other thing is that uh, when you click on that pie and do whatever keystroke thing Dan wanted to clarify because who yeah. gives a shit the, the, when, yeah I didn't, we didn't wow. i didn't realize i was sitting with a fucking console like cowboy over here yeah. yeah i didn't realize the goof section was right here to correct us but the uh whenever you click on it it does the thing that 90s computers do when you hack them which is a lot of screens and a lot of different text all flash onto your monitor at once so all this stuff flashes onto yeah. you all at once and you're like huh what just the same way that in hackers if you remember, when you cut code out of a program and store it on a disk and you put that disk in your computer, you see a sort of red dimension where code is floating around in big in big numbers. Awesome. So they really didn't know how computers worked, I guess is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I mean, this is like the, the funniest like tech stuff is like the weird shorthand like that where it's just like, oh, yeah, like some, some something hackery is going on. It looks like you're your like TVs on the fritz or like this person collects viruses. So she somehow just like is able to extract just the virus and send it to like, that seems, I wasn't quite clear I mean, on that. I don't that. know how computers work. Maybe you can do that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. But um, yeah, a lot of it is, is a little silly. I guess that's all I'm yeah. saying. I mean, it gets sillier. Still. Yeah, so Dale uh, convinces her to meet, and so he cl he's going to fly down and visit her in his Cessna. Unfortunately, due to a computer era era, <laughs> that's silly. That would be <laughs> We're silly in the computer era still. Uh, yeah. Due to a computer error, he crashes his Cessna and he dies, which so she learns here, about. So shortly it is after. implied that the hacker, the evil hackers, have taken over his navigation system and mm -hmm. misdirected him. Is that? I mean, you guys are you guys are hackers. You're net runners. Is that yep. possible? This is before wireless internet, as far as I can tell. So, can they do that? Yeah, that's. I don't know that this would be have been wired. He just had like you know like his instruments, and then I mean, unless he's in a plane with a long with like a forty mile wire that just comes yeah, out, of, a out of the plane, forty mile long his, LAN cable. Yeah, uh, I would imagine that they probably had been tapping his phone and went to his plane and uploaded a virus. Ah, uh, okay. okay. That's fair. I see. That's good. I see that's good. That, make, that makes more sense to me. That's okay. a good continuity fix. You get your no pri your net prize. That's a no prize for people who watch the net. Yeah. But dis despite this sadness, Angela still gets her beach vacation. Uh, she goes down well, there. Yep. I want I want to say, the guy yep. doesn't show up. She goes to the 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 
airport. Yeah. There's widespread, like, nothing is working because all the computers are down. And then there's a part where, the like, the guy giving her coffee or whatever is like, oh, it looks like you're in luck. It's back up. And, like, everything that had been down immediately went to on time, which I was like, bullshit. <laughs> After the systems are down, everything is yeah, delayed. Yeah, yeah. But also, this is one of these parts in the movie where I'm just like, I guess I assume that they were delaying her leaving till they could figure out how to deal with things. I like, guess because so, we see that she's sure being what, watched by a shadowy figure also. So yeah. it's all, it, it's, it's this, this movie is, it's dealing with two different modes. The future mode of the internet where you can, you can affect people at a distance. It's spooky action yeah. at a distance through the internet. And the old fashioned world of, of movie thrillers where someone has to be physically present to do things. Yes. And the movie yep. is battling between these two. It's a dialogue or perhaps an argument between these two modes of thought, the physical mm. and the remote digital. Yeah, these and two ideas. Really, the movie is is fat, it creates a fascinating synthesis between uh-huh. these two these two competing modes. Stuart, explain. So she, <laughs> she gets her beach. She meets a charming stranger. Is this the last day of her vacation? She meets a charming stranger know. named Jack Devlin, which sounds a lot like <laughs> Jack Devil. In mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they Jack share Devlin, some Devlin Miss Jones. Yep, <laughs> they share the devil some and Jack Devlin Gibson. <laughs> the devil's like, wait, I'm not. Well, hold on, I'm confused about which one I am now. <laughs> okay, uh, they share some of Dan's favorite cocktail, the Gibson Martinis. Um, <laughs> they, it's a martini, but with an onion. He mm-hmm. he seems to he works in the same As field. Is that named after time. Mel Gibson? Is that why you like it? Because you you uh, you also subscribe to the same anti-Semitic and he kind likes of extremist his Catholic beliefs. Antics, yeah. yeah, his off-screen antics. I've never been a fan of the man's work, but his off-screen antics really appeal to me. Uh, so they uh, they 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 work in the same field. They have a lot in common. Uh, they flirt. They, uh, they. He calls her a hacker, like right off the bat, just because she has a computer. I guess this is an indication of how bizarre that was at the time. I mean, to be to anyone... be sitting on a beach with a laptop yeah. is you, you, is pretty hacky at the time, and I don't mean hacky like old. I mean hacky like new. Like you're a hacker. I'd be I'd be kind of surprised if I saw somebody sitting at the beach with a laptop now. Yeah, just because of the sand issue. Sand's bad. No thanks. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Anakin was right. So uh, he gets they, in your computers. Gets, yeah, he's, so I hate sand. Gets in my computer keys. Uh, so she allows him to take her out that night. So they go on a hot ride in a go fast boat. Uh, she gets her purse <laughs> Technical stolen. Term. Turns out at Jack uh, Jack chases after the bandit, only to discover we learn Jack's in on it. He hired yeah. this bandit to steal her purse. And he finds the disc uh, that has the Mozart's ghost bullshit on it. And he's like, ha-ha, we got it. Throws away all of her stuff, which is important for the next phase of this movie. But we're not mm-hmm. there yet. He kills the burglar, the bandit. I, I, you've already you've downgraded him from bandit to burglar. Bandit <laughs> yeah. is a little more romantic, a little more dashing. Uh-huh. Burglar is a little bit, you know, scummier. Yeah, Bilbo Baggins is like, Have oh. been in a house to be burgled. Yeah. Technically, I don't know. Once um, again, the goof patrol is correcting us again. Oh, Appreciate man. it, Dan. <laughs> Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you never correct anything. We then we then learn that this character smokes Newports, which I was surprised by. Mm-hmm. Um, they well, he's then come take, a long way, baby. Yeah. Oh, no, those they are Virginia take, Slims. I'm sorry, those yeah. are Virginia Slims. Uh, he takes her on a late night boat ride. She He very clearly uh, has nefarious plans for her, but they decide to have sex first. 
Uh, she spills in, about in her defense. <laughs> she doesn't know about they the nefarious plans. <laughs> yeah. he's, they, he's get together, like, they get together. They have like I'm an evil scene. hacker and I'm going to kill you. But first, would you like to have sex? Okay, yeah. Well, what yeah, am I it's been a again? while, so. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I spend most of my time playing Wolfenstein, so yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in the postcoital glow, she spills all about her past relationships, her mom's Alzheimer's, all this stuff. But then she finds- Really sexy pillow talk. Really yeah. the stuff you want to hear in the afterglow. Yeah. <laughs> then she finds the uh, the silence pistol he had hidden in his coat. And she throws the bullets away and knocks him in the head and manages to grab some stuff and takes a dinghy and the keys and takes a dinghy to escape. Now, only to crash that dinghy and get knocked out. Now, Stuart, I understand why you- uh, are, are, are whzzing through the summary. Most people probably have seen the net and you have a, a busy day. I don't know day. about that. I don't know about that, Dan. I don't know if most people have seen the net. There's nearly well, 8 billion people on the planet. What percentage do you think have seen the most net? Most of them. Most of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fill in the gaps. No problem. Fill, 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 no, add add like some, at least 5 some, to 6 billion, yeah. Add some texture, I know Dan. We had a long mini recording before this. You've got a busy day. I, I know why you got to zip through some of this, but... I, I just want to highlight the moment where, like, so she asks him about the gun, why he has it. He gives her some bullshit, takes the gun shark fishing. away from her, and then, like, like gets really mad all of a sudden. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, I know what you want, Albert Schweitzer. Who am I? Who am I? Like, I'm the perfect man. Like, I don't know why he got so mad at her <laughs> that second. And then he, like, tries Dan, to shoot. He is a, Dan, he is a male hacker. He is yeah, mad yeah, at women yeah. and mad at the world That's for not probably. getting and all and he's and he's especially and you'd think he giving him sex, the thing he wants more than anything else, would make him less mad. No, it only enrages him more. He right. so, so the fact that he suddenly starts violently getting angry at a woman, it's not a not a shock to me. That's that's true. Although he's like not presented like the sort of uh, hacker who might react that way. He's well, it's still like a movie, you know. A suave Jeremy Northam uh yeah. Yeah. but uh but, originally they had cast Jeremy Southam, and then they yeah, did, he okay. had to pull that out at the last minute. A lot yeah. more sense. But he, he, you know, he tries to shoot her, and then she kind of like reveals that she'd taken the clip out. But I found this part of the like Sandra Bullock is uh, one of, an immensely like charismatic actor. Like she just ha- exudes a certain likability, and yeah. this moment I think is also some very good acting from her, where she has this like look on her face like she found the gun she didn't believe that he was telling the truth that something was weird but she definitely did not expect that this man she just slept with would try and shoot her and this like hurt stunned shock is very effective i think in that moment yeah i think you're right i think this this stuff i think this scene really works yeah um so she has crashed her boat she wakes up a few days later in a hospital there's a doctor who's smoking a cigarette that's great um <laughs> <laughs> Probably shouldn't do that in there, dude. Uh, and this is where- It was 1995. Everyone was smoking. It was all over the place, yeah. This is where she learns that her identity is being stolen. And this happens over a series of incidents. One, when she goes to check back into her hotel, it turns out she's already been checked out. That's weird. She didn't do that. She didn't authorize that, but the computer says so. When she's at like a train station or something, she's approached by a strange woman with a visa application that's to uh, Ruth Marks. That's not her name, but it has her picture and all her information. It seems like that filling out this form is the only way she can the get back to the- The computer says bit. so. This is, so each of these things, people are like, 
the computer says so. We've got to go by what the computer says. But her signing this fake name is literally the uh, new gas cooker sketch from Monty Python, where they're like, they're like, well, we're, we're we got to deliver the the gas cooker to here, but it's got the wrong name on it. Can you just sign that name? And then later in the sketch, they're like, the wrong names on this application. We can't help you. And so I, what I like is that this thriller took a little bit of Monty Python and made it scary as opposed mm-hmm. to funny. Yeah. When she gets back to LA, she. Uh, she learns that her home has been sold and all of her furniture is gone. And when she questions everybody, they're like, no, Angela moved out all this time ago. You're not who you say you are. Yeah, and this this scene has the most hilariously unhelpful uh, neighbor who has only seen her from a distance and is like, she moved out. And, like, and, you know, one thing that is effective, maybe cheaply effective in certain ways, but effective is always to have, like, a character who is just like the worst and unhelpful. <laughs> and but the scene, I was just like, get the fuck out of here, awful neighbor. Why are you still hanging around being like being such a jerk? To her? Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. Uh you're like, yeah, where you're expecting a little bit of help and it does not come at all. Yeah. And you have to you have to imagine they didn't even ask her. She just wandered into the house going, What's going on here? What's happening here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, police, huh? This is weird. Tell me about it. <laughs> So while uh, while this is happening, uh, meanwhile, Jack Devlin is driving around the streets of L.A. wearing a turtleneck like a maniac, <laughs> using <laughs> using his using his laptop computer from the car uh, to track her down, and he also builds a like a poli- a, uh, a criminal background for Ruth Marks, so that she is uh, she has to run from the police as well that she that she is, uh, everyone finds her suspicious. Do you Computers, think there's anything, again. do you think there's anything, do you think it's a coded message here that uh, her original name is Angela Bennett and that now she's been renamed Ruth Marks, a much more Jewish name. Both Ruth and Marks say Jewish to me. That now they have, they've, they've been, not only is she, uh, they, they've made her into a criminal, but they've kind of de-Caucasianized, well, I guess Jews are mm. still, I mean, most, most Ashkenazi Jews, you would still call Caucasian. She, they've de-Christianized her in a way that makes her more suspicious in the eyes of institutions. Do you think that's part of it? Or am I reading too deeply into it? I, I no, know. I think that's you have some. possible. Okay. Now, meanwhile, she, the disc that had the 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 program, Mozart's Ghost on it, has been destroyed the by the- on the internet. <laughs> has been destroyed by the salt water. But she did manage to hold on to- uh, Jack's wallet that has a few clues and passwords and crap like that in it. So she's still in the game. She can still figure things out. No, the so game is re- a different movie. This is the net. Mm. So she figures out, uh, she reaches out to her one safety, her her one phone a friend, Dr. Alan Champion, her former therapist and former lover, played <laughs> by uh, Dan's favorite comedian, Dennis Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Dan, if you, before you say anything, if he's not your favorite comedian, why do you have his beard? <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um, no, a man that even, I, you know, I didn't ever love Dennis Miller that much, even before he became a weird crank uh, on the opposite side of the political spectrum of me. But uh, it, it definitely, like, it always seemed to be like, I don't know, if I cram enough words in here, people will think, what a smart comedian. Uh, but here... Damn, I guess it's kind does. of my bit. That's basically that's kind of what I podcast. do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does. Oh, here he does okay. I would say he puts in a better performance than say Bordello of Blood. Okay. Uh, this was around the time when this came out. Not too. It was around the same time as I think it was uh, Murder at sixteen hundred. So there was this brief period in movie history where they were like, this movie thriller needs kind of like a wisecracking side character, Dennis Miller. Like he had a monopoly on yeah. that. Yeah. 
Let's make him real lovable by making him her therapist who had a sexual relationship with her, apparently. <laughs> who committed adultery to have an affair with her. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he retains his title. He's still a ther acting therapist. Um, and he, so she gives him like some snippets of what's going on, but she doesn't fill him in completely. So they have this kind of weird dynamic where he still thinks this is going to be some kind of romantic situation. And she's just trying to get a little bit of safety, but she kind of doesn't want to get him too involved. And he also is, tr keeps trying to get her to speak with his friend in the FBI. Cause he thinks that'll help. I gotta say when he, when she was having so much trouble finding anyone to I, like say like, yes, this is Angela Bennett. I don't know why she didn't, she call, didn't call him, him. gentleman who she knows uh, very well. But also, like, throughout the film, I understand she's harried. She doesn't know what's going on. She's having her life stolen from her. But she does not explain things well to no. people at any point. That's no, she's she been doesn't. Working, she's been working from home too long, guys. Yeah. Well, it's it's like there's all the – I mean, maybe that's a good explanation. She, she lost her people skills because there's mm -hmm. – but there's so many movies where someone has a limited amount of time to say, like – Someone framed me for murder, but I didn't do it. I need your help. But instead they're like, please, you've got to understand. Just listen to me. So the, yeah. here's the thing. I don't have a lot of time. And then the police show up and they've got to run. It's like, just say uh, yeah. the thing you need. To, like, don't bury the lead. What are you doing? I got to make some room for some sputtering first. <laughs> <laughs> so Angela's having trouble piecing together uh, the conspiracy. And Dennis Miller, or I guess Alan Champion, uh, is not really helpful. They're one in the, this. you know, they're so close together. How can you tell the difference? Yeah. You know, there's, he, he at this point, he would look in the he mirror, Dennis Miller, and he'd say, who am I? Am I Dennis Miller or am I Alan Champion? Yeah. I've gone too far he in the character. Stay in character as Alan Champion the whole time they're making the net. Mm -hmm. He would the demand people call time. him Alan Champion. He would set up appointments as a therapist and then sleep with the patients just to stay in character. Really, mm -hmm. I mean, method acting at And then that had to like, pay for sleazy. all of those lawsuits after that, the production yeah. of that. And they're like, was it worth it to cast Dennis Miller, Erwin Winkler, director of the net? Director, the, well, here's the funny. It's interesting. I didn't. It's I didn't realize. I'd forgotten at least that Erwin Winkler directed this because Erwin yeah. Winkler is a huge producer. Like he's been a huge Hollywood producer. Yeah. He won Best Picture for Rocky. He produced Raging Bull. He produced The Right Stuff. He produced Goodfellas. Like he's he's he uh he produced They Shoot Horses, Don't They? Like he's a really amazing producer. Not a great director, it turns out. But that's okay. What else? Everyone has their. What else did he do? I. You know, uh, let's see what else. He did the remake of Night in the City, uh, mm -hmm. with Robert De Niro. Uh, his last, the last movie he directed was Home of the Brave, uh, which I have not seen. Starring Samuel Jackson, I Jessica Biel, a number of other people. Recognize as a movie, but Home of, yeah, Home of the Brave sounds like the name of a movie that could be about anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. If you I told mean, me that was a movie, I'd be like, yeah, I believe you. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, now his name is attached to the Creed movies, but I wonder if that's just because he produced the Rocky movies. Yeah, I don't know if he actually was involved in the Creed, but maybe he was. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Um, so uh, because she doesn't, she reaches out to a, uh, because uh, Alan Champion is not well-versed in cyber crimes, she reaches out to her friend Cyber Bob from the chat room and they agree to meet in real life. Because IRL. her friend Crimes Bob was busy. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, on her way, uh, Alan Champion gets, uh, gets, goes into anaphylactic shock after uh, taking the, he's been chomping down pills. Turns out his prescription was messed up, and they gave him penicillin, something he's allergic to. Which computers? Mean, look, I know that you're computers. Not ooh, you're not necessarily going to look at the at the bottle every time, you know, if you trust that it's the correct thing. But it does say penicillin on the side, which I thought was funny. 
<laughs> that is. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The computer analyzed Alan Champion, realized his greatest weakness was penicillin, so it gave it to him. And reading so, bottles. So yeah, so he is. So he, <laughs> he is. Can't read. That's his big weakness. He's a therapist who can't read. Yeah. So she has to leave him. Uh, he's admitted to the hospital. Angela leaves him so that she can go meet with her hacker friend. Unfortunately, unbeknownst to her, uh, Jack Devlin has uh, waylaid Cyber Bob, probably killed him. And uh, when they this go- This is one of those movies where the fixer who is tracking someone is just murdering people left and right and constantly. leaving a trail of bodies. And then when it's time to get to the person he has to kill, he is coming up with reason after reason not to kill her. Which to- I wish, I kind of wish they'd leaned more into it because there's like, when uh, he, he ambushes her at the Santa Monica Pier, which is the- like the scariest place it appears to meet somebody. There's like there's like it's, steam shooting out of everywhere. Like there's, monsters. there's bright lights, there's noises. It's a bad place to go. And there's a guy in what is it, like a big bunny costume who's hugging like people. Just yeah. har- and that is the scariest person in the whole movie. He's way scarier than Jeremy Northam in this one. Just yeah. this this bunny who's going around going, Come on, dance with me, dance with me, and grabbing people's bodies. Oh, and, and now we we don't know if we can believe him, but he does say that like he has genuine affection for her, which yeah. I kind of wish the movie, I feel like the movie would have been more interesting if it had, not to be like Monday Morning Quarterback, but I feel like it would have been more no, interesting if they not, like- not to, be, not to be 28 years later quarterback. But, yeah. No, but uh, I agree. The, I think if, if they, they, they leaned into it and he was like genuinely conflicted and he was trying to find ways to get her to come over to their side and not have to kill her. Yes, or even if, if he, he was, was, if he his if he his obsession with her was just felt more emotionally rich, like you could get into like weird kind of like De Palma or Cronenberg type territory. Or yes, something please. Like that. You yes, know? yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Like a good movie. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like if this movie had been made by a real sicko, it would have been good. <laughs> even, if if only the late Cormac McCarthy could have written this thing, <laughs> no, it would have no. really <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> So she manages, he ambushes her, but she manages to slip away thanks to a man in a bunny suit and a carousel. <laughs> the un, unsung hero who Ellie was just vilifying. Uh, you're right. You know I what? take it all back, bunny man. You were right. You saved a woman's life with your with your with your molestational antics as you as you and used your, other people's bodies like puppets. Yeah. And your famous echo. <laughs> echo, so she, echo in the bunny man. She yeah. goes to check on I think you meant Alan. Echo the Dolphin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And his bunny men. Uh, the, <laughs> the, she goes to check on Alan. Unfortunately, Alan has been given the wrong medication and he has died. Computers again. Uh, she's they did wearing they did tennis shoes him. and now this. <laughs> oh, they did it to him twice too. First they got him the penicillin thing. Then they changed the computers again to say that he was in diabetic shock. And so they gave him the wrong medicine. And- what can you do? Sandra Bullock does the only thing you can do. Push a computer monitor off a desk and then walk out <laughs> Unreprimanded for doing uh, that, and weirdly enough, that doesn't. Computers. Yeah, it doesn't stop the problem. <laughs> and it's not the computer's fault, to be honest. People are doing stuff with the computer. Just you know. a tool, yeah, you know. Yeah, filled with rage and sadness, she takes Alan Champion's car up Pacific Coast Highway One, baby, probably past our friend Chris's house, uh, and then <laughs> she gets pulled over. Uh, she gets pulled over by the police because, of course, their computer says that she's stolen that car. She's a criminal at large. Uh, so she is arrested and taken to jail. Uh, we catch up with her shortly afterwards while she's being interviewed, and she finally pieces it all together that the that these hackers are actually working together with the gatekeeper. Uh, what uh, computer secu- security security company. computer company. security Which company gets like so much play in the movie. Like it's so funny 
to me that the like uh, the public defender that she talks to while she's in jail is like, there's no way they could do that. It's protected by the gatekeeper security. That people like, talk about the gatekeeper security <laughs> plan on this like it was Coca Cola. Every yeah. news story that you see on a TV <laughs> mentions gatekeeper security and the head of the company. Like there's no hotter brand in the world of the net than gatekeeper so- security software. It's just yeah, it's yeah. on everybody's lips all like the time. Like the public defender read her ad copy before going into <laughs> yeah. with her. <laughs> it's you know we remember when that craze for the McAfee antivirus you know swept the we had McAfee posters above our beds. Oh, sure. And all we all remember stuff. the Norton for President campaign that briefly, <laughs> exactly. briefly flared up and then fizzled out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, she is sprung from I jail. I support Norton for the buttons. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I support I, took Nort. me a while. To, I apologize for interrupting. You took me a while. And then it was uh, avoid the noise, support Nort. It was a complicated time. Yeah. There were a lot of brands going around. There were a lot of noise yeah. to avoid. <laughs> a lot of noise to avoid. <laughs> So she is sprung from jail by Alan's friend in the FBI. Oh, you could uh, not step out the door without having to run from annoyed back back in the nineties. It was rough. Yeah, yeah. The ground, yeah, they're the they're all over the ground. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's the ground. <laughs> thankfully the noids swarms were, of noids. Swarms of noids, just these noid hives everywhere. Luckily the clone <laughs> dinosaurs that are everywhere ate those noids. But now we gotta yeah. put up with the dinosaurs lying around on the ground. So, you know, uh-huh. is the cure better than the disease? I'm not mm-hmm. so sure. Uh-huh. And the, so yeah, it's, it's horrible. Real swallow the fly situation. Smell, yeah. Oh, and don't even get me started on those dinonoids. Oh man, they're so cute, but they're <laughs> so they're so frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. delicious yeah. though. Uh-huh. Yeah, they get they get into the crawl yeah. space of the house, and you can't get them out, and they make those yeah. noises in the middle of the night when you're trying to sleep. Uh-huh. If, you so ca- if you catch earlier. them, it's good eating. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, uh, seems mad. Yeah, you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to be a pizza in those times, would you? Yeah. Oh no, you had a constant chance of being ruined. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. So uh, she's sprung Guys, from jail. Guys, when are we going to get a movie, a series of movies that are the IP from pizza brands, and it's all one big crossover universe where the Noid and Little Caesar and Papa John are just are fighting? I don't know. Elliot, some, bitch, the writers are on strike. Stop pitching ideas. I know. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be pitching ideas. I'm, I don't want to scab. I don't want to scab. I apologize. Yeah. Good point. Get out of here. Get out of here. So cut it the, out. Uh, she is sprung from jail by Alan's friend from the FBI, who has a lot of very uh, has has a lot of questions about the disc mainly mm-hmm. uh and she pretty quickly realizes that this is not uh alan's friend this is uh or if it is he's st- he's working for the hackers yes so so she takes control of the wheel and she crashes the car into jack's car which was weird i don't know <laughs> why it was parked right there that was very convenient uh, in a- it's there's a, it's a movie with a number of different convenient coincidences, but that is potentially the most convenient coincidence. The whole movie that Jack happens to be lurking by in his car, and that they happen to be going by at that point. It seems like at that point the movie is helping Angela Bennett along. It's like you need a you need a push. Yeah. Let's get out of our out of the rut we're in. Let's just get get it moving. Yeah. So she crashes the car, knocking out the FBI agent. She runs away on foot and escapes using a drawbridge and hides out in a motel where the news informs her that not only is Gatekeeper taking a big play and taking over all of the government security, but also Ruth Marks is wanted for murdering a guy gangland style, <laughs> uh, which she she didn't do. I uh, not to mm. not to spoil anything. Yeah. Uh, okay. So she sneaks back into her, the uh, the office uh, of Cathedral Software. Uh, she nobody recognized her because, as we said, she'd been working remotely. She and finds, did you mention? Did we mention already? She tried to call the company at one point, and she was patched through to a woman 
taking on the role of Angela Bennett. One of the hackers has impersonated her so yeah. that the people at Cathedral think that Angela Bennett is now no longer working remotely, but working in the office. Because, guys, it's time to stop working remotely and time to get back to the office. Let's oh, do it, no. everybody. There's oh, just no. a certain there's a certain creative friction mm. that emerges when mm -hmm. people are in the same space together. Mm -hmm. You just don't get at home. Yeah. Anyway, oh, that's me, no. a guy who owns several office space buildings, saying <laughs> partially it's time to get back to the office. Let's rent them and let me jack those rent prices up. So, so there is a fake Angela Bennett in the in the office. I enjoyed this little twist for thriller logic of like you know having this evil Angie Bennett who looks you know sort of vaguely like Sandra Bullock taking the place and what like I I like it in movie logic. In real life logic, I'm like, why do they bother? Why do like, they even bother? Exactly, putting yeah. this fake woman in there. Now, and guys, how dumb am I that I just realized that it's Angela versus Devlin? This is a smart movie. This is a very oh. subtle movie. Mm, I wonder who the good guy and the bad guy is. Anyway, I feel stupid that I just noticed that now, but continues to. And the movie's even more explicit with it because her little her little AVI in the chat room is, is an, an angel. angel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, and, and and Jack Devlin keeps saying, "Ain't I a little devil?" He 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 he. Uh huh. And it's it's a screen grab from the movie Little Nicky. <laughs> <laughs> it amazingly precious. You guys are this laughing movie. because that movie's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we're laughing. I, I mean, Allie enjoys the way it supports Popeye's chicken. <laughs> I'm, I don't know if I I enjoyed the existence of Popeye's Chicken being acknowledged, but I wish it had a better movie to, to to promote it. I remember when I was in college, one of my professors, my screenwriting professors, was so convinced Little Nicky would be an enormous hit. He was like, the script is hilarious. It's Adam Sandler. He's a box office champ. They were shooting it in New York at the time I was in college. He's like, you should go watch them shoot this movie if you see them on the street because this is going to be a huge hit movie and you're going to be able to tell people that you saw them shooting it. And then the movie came out and it didn't do very well. And I feel like... He maybe should have had his his teaching license removed at that point. <laughs> yeah, <but> yeah. <laughs> no, he was a good professor otherwise. But oh, well, he was tenured. You know, mm -hmm. that's the problem with okay. the tenure. You can't get rid of these little Nicky apologists. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be very clear. I support tenure. <laughs> you don't support little Nicky, but you do support tenure. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where she finds her former, now deceased coworker, Dale's desk, and she uses his computer and she gets the virus that she mailed him. Mm -hmm. That's going to be important later, everybody. Uh, and she uses the computer and her hacking skills to identify where her double is. <laughs> and then uh, after identifying that, she uses the computer to create a fake fire alarm and get everyone out of the building. Now, I also want to point out, I don't know if you noticed this, this is all happening at night. Feels pretty late in a workday for everybody to be at the office. It, oh, yeah. it was very, yeah, it was very confusing what time of day this was supposed to be. Now, you could say the software industry, the video game industry especially, I assume the other software industry, they push people to work very long hours, very hard, it, and uh, so it's possible they could be all there. But it seems to be a bustling daytime office. It's not like, yeah, there's nothing about the office that says office. this is as an, at night right now. And also when she goes to the convention center, the convention is in full bloom. So it also uh -huh. feels like that at night, usually conventions kind of shut down for a little bit and people go out and have drinks and, and have affairs yeah, you know, and, and so affairs, forth. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and then they come back the next day, uh, newly refreshed by their by their hangovers and their guilt. Uh, but this, but I guess it's San Francisco. It's a nighttime city. Everything's always going on at night. City that never sleeps, San Francisco. Mm -hmm. yeah, the big easy, mm -hmm. the red planet. The, the big chowder bowl. <laughs> City of broad shoulders, they call it. Um, okay. Hog butcher so to the she, world. She, 
<laughs> so now that her double is not at her desk, she manages to slip in there, jump on that computer, log on. She starts, she tries to, uh, to fix her data. Unfortunately, she's going to need mainframe access for that shit. So instead, she uh, downloads the information onto a disk. She is yeah. out of there. She's got to get to that mainframe, She takes baby. a folder titled evidence, exculpatory evidence, and she copies it. Yeah, I think she, yeah, she <laughs> even like, she takes, she prints out the evidence uh, yeah. against them. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, so then she's, she's fucking out of there. Uh, they try and track her down, um, but she, uh, Oh, and she finds out who who's into it. It's the CEO of Gatekeeper. He is the head of the hacking organization. Mm-hmm. Yada yada yada. The head of the Praetorians. The the, these yeah. gatekeepers, these hackers are called the Praetorians. And Greg, the uh, the Gatekeeper CEO, is the head of them. Yeah. So she runs away from the bad guys. She uses a healthcare, good, which is protest. usually a good strategy. Do not run towards the bad guys. You want to run no, away from run, them. She runs Unless away from you have them, like and a she uses spear. That you're like running, like you're gonna skewer them with, and they don't have any like guns. That's no, no, you yeah. want to use that as a, you want to use that as a pole vault to get farther away from the bad guys. Oh, I don't know. Well, I don't, it might give you a charging bonus, like a bonus to your strength characteristic. Oh, yeah. So okay. you might want to charge them. It, yeah. You know. Do you have double action? Can you take two actions in this turn? In this case, yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Oh, then by all means, listen to Dan. So, uh, yeah. So she runs away from them. She uses a healthcare protest again, prescient. Uh, to uh, luckily, healthcare was fixed after the, shortly after the making of this. <laughs> uh, movie. Yeah, they called that the net effect. Yeah, yeah. that the healthcare was fixed. <laughs> and then she hides out in a computer convention. Which did she know there was a computer convention there? <laughs> she <laughs> did. No, okay. they mentioned it okay. earlier that there's a big computer convention at the Moscone Center. Again, it is co- it is a huge co- convenient coincidence that it's happening at this time. But mm. it, but they did mention it earlier. So she finds uh, she finds a computer terminal to use. Everybody's computer crazy in this convention. <laughs> she she jumps on. She emails all the evidence to the FBI, and then right the before, real FBI, the real hopes. FBI, not the bad. Yeah. yeah, she hopes. And right before Devlin's able to grab her, she swaps disks with the virus disk, so that when Devlin is like, "Ha ha! All I have to do is hit escape to get out of this program." That actually triggers the virus, and then we see, uh, we see the screen look like somebody poured acid on it, mm-hmm. and it all starts to melt, and like goo starts spitting out of the, uh, yeah, and like smoke starts shooting of, out of the computer. Of lies that they have shellacked over the internet are, is melting away, revealing the previous. Oh, uh, it's great! I love it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but she she manages to slip away in the crowd. She is chased. They find the like. She is not chased. Lit- she no, slept yeah, with the bad guy with- earlier. Oh, yeah, you're right. Actually, I messed up. Okay, <laughs> killer that I guess. She is you know, sex positive she, and owning it, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she slips away into the darkened, steam-filled uh, back tunnels <laughs> of the convention yeah, center. Catwalks. The, the Moscone Center, like all large buildings in the 1980s and 90s, he has filled, of sha- filled with shadowy catwalks and just random steam jets and barrels and boxes and uh, Yeah, I, I have expected her to walk in on Matrix and Bennett fighting. <laughs> Commando. Uh, that was a movie I watched recently, and it's good. <laughs> oh, what a fun movie. Yeah. Okay, so um, he, uh, Devlin, thinks he's got her in his sights. He shoots her. Turns out he shot the wrong Angela Bennett. That's right. He shot the double. Whoops. Uh, that doesn't matter. Later on, he tracks down the real Angela, <laughs> who then bonks him on the head with a fire extinguisher. He falls off a catwalk and dies. Oh, no. Um, turns and out- she, And she- 
I mean, she is in danger because he's likely to kill her, but he is not actively threatening her at the moment, so she just kills him. She just yeah, she hits just, him hard enough to kill him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's pushed her too much, and to quote the name of a Jennifer Lo- uh, Jennifer Lopez movie, she's had enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's and, pushed her too much and like Gizmo, <laughs> <laughs> putting a Rambo... Uh, like headband on and uh-huh. yep. shooting a shooting spider. Flame, a fl- <laughs> yeah, flame just like Gizmo, she, she dipped a pencil in some white out and lit it on fire and then f- yeah. used a little paperclip cross- <laughs> bone arrow <laughs> to shoot it at him. While the audience cheers. Okay, so uh, Jack's dead. Uh, flash forward, Angela now lives with her mom. Uh, all the bad guys are uh, are in jail. She lives with her mom. She works from home, I think. Everything's better. But then in the corner of the screen, we see a little pie symbol and a cursor goes over and clicks on it. Uh-oh. Oh, the movie was the net. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the net, guys. I think I did a pretty good job summarizing yeah, that. You, you did think? a great job, Thanks, Stuart. You did a great job. You know, Elliot kept, mm-hmm. kept interrupting and- Elliot kept, interrupted somebody? I kept feeling like, well, Elliot is safe across the country. And I'm in the room with Stuart, and I can't tell whether the slow burn frustration is a yeah. bit or whether he's yeah. going to suddenly snap. Yeah, Dan <laughs> looked over me. and he saw the the veins in my forearms bulging out of my uh, bulging under my skin and tattoos and hair, and he's like, "What is going on? Is Stuart going to tear rend me apart like mm-hmm. his garments?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like your pre rended garments. Mm-hmm. Um, Hey, let's do our final judgments about The Net, whether it's a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie we kind of like. I'm going to say it's a movie I kind of like. I wouldn't say it's a bad movie so much as a dumb one. Like, there's... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I love this kind... We don't get that many of this kind of old-fashioned thriller anymore where it's essentially, you know innocent person on the run trying to clear their name, yada, 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 with with what at the time was a thin layer of uh, relevance slathered on top. Uh, it's like a, The Fugitive. Yeah, it's not It's not particularly thrilling, I have to say. It's a, it's a little pokey. Um, uh, I don't, you know, Dennis Miller, I don't love <laughs> seeing him in this movie. He's not that great. Uh, I feel movie. like when I first saw this movie, he brought a little bit of like. He did bring some zazz. It was a different energy. Um, but now I I have different feelings toward him. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just kind of a a silly movie, but it's a movie that is really kind of enjoyable on that old like this would have been on TNT on Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Away, I feel like there's something else I wanted to, a point I wanted to make that I I forgot. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, this is just like a side thing when I was reading about this movie. Uh, apparently, uh, the director originally got the like employed the writers to write this movie, and his original idea was just going to be about a woman hiring someone who like uh, falsified resumes to get a job or something, <laughs> and it seemed like. And then they were looking into like stuff and they're like, oh, this identity theft angle seems more interesting. I have no idea what that original movie it, it doesn't sound like it was a thriller so much as just like a, a, a half-baked notion. But yes. It was like, uh, like a that. bad can you ever forgive me? Yeah. Like, can you imagine someone lying to get a job? Uh anyway, that's what I have to say. Stuart, what do you what do you think? 
Uh, yeah, this is a movie I kind of like. I remember enjoying it in the theater, and it was fun to watch now. I mean, obviously, a big part of it is I'm a sucker for all those graphics, baby. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, there's uh, there's char- like the fact that Sandra Bullock is very charming, and she uh, she carries a lot of the weight of this movie. Is it great? No, but it is that like like that easy thriller. Not yeah, cozy. It goes cozy down thriller. smooth. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. It, this is it's kind of easy watching, easy listening thriller. I would say I don't think it's a. It's not a movie that you should need to go out of your way to see. But I definitely it's a movie I kind of like, but more for nostalgia's sake than anything else. Because as yeah. Dan said, you don't see a lot of these anymore. As Stuart said, you got those great old school computer gra- fake computer graphics. Not even old school computer graphics, but old school Hollywood fake computer graphics, and that is worth a lot to me. But uh, for the young people out there listening, uh, I want you to find the uh, the entertainment that's relevant to you in its cheesiness, not the entertainment that's relevant to I me. I feel like part of the fun for a young person would be like, they did what? Yeah. That's, how, that's what a pizza looked like? This would be so baffling. I feel like yeah. as someone who only remembers a time when the internet was the major dominant force in the world. It kind of makes me, in like five years, I kind of want to show it to my son and be like, can you believe this is what the internet was like? Like you're so used to having the internet exactly like you're saying, be everywhere, be everything. Uh-huh. You can yeah, do yeah. anything with it. And it looks professional and shiny. And like, it used to be like this and people didn't know what to make of it. And they thought maybe Russell Crowe would come out of the internet and start murdering <laughs> yeah, people. They that didn't or know. Like, you're going to lawnmower me and your son. who carried a computer around was a weirdo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of snapshot of a more innocent time. And I think it's valuable for that. So, you know what helps you, uh, you know, relax when you yearn for a more innocent time? Maybe a microdose gummy. Our show today is sponsored by oh. microdose gummies. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Maybe you're looking for an entry-level dose of THC. You haven't had THC before. You're like, what's an entry-level dose? You hear me say it? Get some Lulu Labs. Maybe you you're you're used to pro- professional levels <laughs> of THC, <laughs> but just want to take it back for a softer experience. Microdose gummies might be good for you. I you know we we got uh, some of these gummies. I know that Stuart also uses them. They're uh-huh. an enjoyable thing to. I don't know if you got time at the end of the day that isn't going to make a lot of demands on you. This is a good way to relax, watch some TV, chill out, mm-hmm. go to sleep. Mm-hmm. I like it. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code FLOP, that is F-L-O-P, to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that is microdose.com, code FLOP. Dan, we've also got another sponsor today. Look, if there's what? anything... What? I, I, I know it's terrible news. I apologize. <laughs> if, I, this is now I want you to find out. If there's anything the movie The Net has shown me, it's that the internet is a powerful tool that can make or break human lives. And I know I want me a piece of that, but I don't know anything about hacking or programming. Luckily, there's Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that empowers everyone from Sandra Bullock-level neuromancers to Dennis Miller-level meet space noobs to build their <laughs> brand, create their passion project, 
or just stake out a place for themselves in the digital frontier. Put together a beautiful website, sell stuff, engage with people. Look, if you want to do it on the net, Squarespace can help you. They've got all the tools you'll need, like e-commerce templates, a simple checkout process, and secure payment systems. You can get in-depth analytics to see exactly who's using your website, when, where, and how. And they've also got the Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system that also has a cool name that sounds like a car made out of a waterbed. So boot up the mainframe, hack the planet, and jack on in to squarespace.com flop for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code FLOP to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com flop with offer code FLOP for 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We also have a Jumbotron, and it goes like this. Want to hear a podcast all about 184 choose-your-own-adventure books? Huh? Well, librarian and best friends, Abby and Peter, last names redacted, are doing it anyway. Join them as they escape from dinosaurs, vampires, and that one time Nazis controlled dragons for some reason. It's Choose Your Own Book Club, a Choose Your Own Adventure podcast. New episodes of Choose Your Own Book Club drop bi-weekly. So make your mother proud and try new things. And maybe call her more. So listen to Choose Your Own Book Club on all podcast platforms. You there. Have you considered listening to the Beef and Dairy Network, an award-winning comedy show in the form of a newsletter podcast for the beef and dairy industries? Well, maybe you should. And why don't you try our most recent episode, episode 99, which features American man Paul F. Tompkins playing Queen Elizabeth II's former personal beef sommelier. Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II and I laying on the floor of her bedroom, uh, just l- helplessly laughing till tears run down our faces as corgis are jumping on us, over us, licking us, that is a day that I will treasure forever until I am executed. Find the show at MaximumFun.org. I hope there's beef in heaven. Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Jarrett Hill. And I'm Trevo Anderson. And we want to know, have you ever had mixed feelings about the things that you love? Ooh, maybe about the things that you hate? Then Fantai is the show for you. Fantai is the podcast for all those complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives. You might have conflicting feelings about Kamala Harris or mm-hmm. propaganda or mm-hmm. interracial friending. Mm-hmm. That's all right, because we do too. And we get into it every single Thursday. Catch this Slayworthy audio at MaximumFun.org. That's MaximumFun.org slash Fantai. That's F-A-N-T-I. Come get all this good good. Or this great great. Uh, we get letters here at the Flophouse from uh-huh. listeners like you, particularly if you're the one who wrote these letters. Uh, and, <laughs> then, you, uh, then it really is then from you listeners win. like you, the one most <laughs> like you in the world. Um, and this first one You know is- what? You remind me of you. <laughs> Everything about you reminds me of you. Classic Groucho. Mm-hmm. Uh, except you. Except uh, you. This, uh, this first one is from Melissa, letter that is. It goes, hello, floppers. I rec- a letter? <laughs> I recently learned. I've <laughs> <laughs> been doing this for 16 years. I recently learned that my neighbor is a self-published book author, and he gave me a copy of his latest book, Patron Saints of the Living Dead. Oh. I was initially confused because the book treats voodoo and zombies as historical fact, but when Dr. Henry Jones Jr. was mentioned as a real person, I figured out that the book was pulling characters from various films and creating a relatively cohesive universe from them. In oh, the very end, Anno Dracula. Does in the, the same an, thing. 
And I understood almost none of the references and still enjoyed the pulpy fiction of mad scientists creating zombies. My question is this. What is your favorite zombie flick? And do you prefer zombies to be created by an infectious bite or by the science and magic of a zombie master? Thanks for flopping, Melissa. Um, I, I, I best know the George Romero style zombie and I'm less familiar with sort of the drawing on voodoo folk folklore uh, zombie. Uh, so I, I, I don't know if it's a preference, but it's what I, I'm most used to. And I, my favorite of those is Return of the Living Dead, uh, sort of the punk rock zombie comedy. That has the most full frontal on it, too. It also has the most full frontal, although reports vary over whether that's a merkin. Um, <laughs> why did I, mean, I have reports? I yeah. don't know. Because you're the host of The Merkin Report with me, Dan McCoy. Merkin Muffley. <laughs> um, <laughs> McCoy but, uh, on Merkins. They're like, why ever since Clear Channel bought our bought our local yeah, television yeah. news station, we've had to run these Merkin reports with Dan McCoy, uh, McCoy on Merkins. He's always I don't like smirking it. to Merkins, jerking to Merkins. You know. yeah, this is this is this is time we should be spending talking about local talking about local important issues, but instead it has to be this national Merkin coverage. Yeah. <laughs> My bosses are, are trying to get me to start shirking the Merkin. And I want you <laughs> to call in and tell them that you want more Merkin reports. Uh Wow, that was weird. Uh, um, no, I like that movie a lot. <laughs> I've ruined everyone's opinion of me. No, 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 Dan. Um, we already, yeah, we, we already. We, your opinion is our opinion of you is very low. It's okay. In a more traditional no, just uh, zo zombie mode, I like. I walked with a zombie. Um, uh, Elliot can. Is that from the forties? I, I, like, yeah, that's from the forties. That's, that's, that's the, the of the uh, of the Val Luton produced RKO yes. horrors from the forties. Yeah, a great one. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, my favorite movie, uh, zombie movie, is probably uh, Dead Alive or Brain Dead, depending on mm. where what country you watch in. Peter Jackson's uh, foray into zombie cinema, splatter comedy. It is oh boy. it is gross. <laughs> yep. Do you like uh, fake blood? Because this movie's got a lot of it. <laughs> Do you uh, like someone eating porridge that part of an ear has fallen it's, into? <laughs> it's very gross. It's rich and creamy, uh, and it also, you know, it's a beautiful story of a son coming to grips <laughs> with his overbearing mother. Yeah. It's 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 really wonderful. Yeah, and and now in that one, it's the bite comes from being bitten by a monkey, right? Or the, yeah. the zombie yeah. zombieism. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I, you know, Dan mentioned the Romero movies earlier. I've seen, I've I've watched zombie stuff far and wide, and I think to me, it is still the Romero stuff that I like the best. I still love the original Night of the Living Dead. Uh, I love a lot of the the Living Dead movies from that series. Uh, so they can get a little uneven at times, but Night, Dawn, and Day are still three movies that I think are yeah. great. And it's hard for me to think of any that that surpass that. And I prefer an infectious bite causing it rather than there being some kind of zombie master because things are scarier to me when they're kind of out of control. When there's when it's just. Um, a chaotic system that you're up against or an overwhelming thing rather than like a single villain. And I remember so well how disappointed I was in Game of Thrones when they revealed that all the White Walkers were controlled by just a dude, like just this king of the White oh, Walkers. Oh, is and that what happens? I haven't seen, that's in the show, Sorry, right? in the TV show, there's like, I don't know, in the books, I don't believe there was ever any indication of this. But in yeah. the TV show, there's just like, a king of the White Walkers, and oh, they kill him, and all weird. the White Walkers disappear. And it's like, oh, oh, well, that was that was lame. Uh, so I like it when it's like a 
I like it. I like it when instead of there being a person that you can defeat, it's just a lot of creatures crawling around, and they're, they're not fast, but they might overwhelm you because there's so many of them, and you're going to get tired. My pushback is I like when the person controlling them uh, is not doing a very good job, i.e. reanimator. <laughs> yes, well, mm. that's true. I, I mean, that that <laughs> is kind of like the center of the Venn diagram, where they're being controlled, but, uh, but they're still uh, a chaotic force. Yeah. Yeah. This next letter is from the, best, Mon- the worst of the oh. zombie movies is Deanimator, where he uh-huh. fails to get the zombies back to life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just a bunch of static shots of corpses on gurneys. <laughs> yeah, and my um, favorite, actually, my favorite one is Danimator, the one about the scientist who created Dan. Oh, I call him Dad. <laughs> <laughs> this is from using, using cutting edge genetic science. He was able to fertilize an egg, which eventually gestated into Dan. Well, I, I I wouldn't just call my dad my creator if I was literally anyway. I don't. No, I'm that's true. You I have two wanna, creators. You have two creators. Yes, yes, At three, uh, if you count God. Let's give mm-hmm. my mom the credit or the blame, depending on how you <laughs> uh-huh, feel yeah. about the things I said earlier about Merkins. Uh, this is <laughs> from Monty Last Name Withheld, who writes, "Hello, Peaches. I just saw Henry the Eighth in beautiful. Oh, sorry, I didn't. Sorry, I said it wrong. I also saw." Henry VIII in beautiful Ashland. Oh, really? Perhaps around the same time as Elliot. We got cheap seats at a 90-degree angle from the stage, which let us see a lot of theater craft we wouldn't have otherwise. Mm. Also saw just how far far the spittle of the actors projected, which is less fun in retrospect. It occurred to me— This is where we disagree. It occurred to me that that sort of look behind the scenes is very controlled in movies appearing as special features or commentary tracks. If you could have that kind of behind-the-scenes perspective on any movie, which would it be? Yours, Monty, last name withheld. Uh, When I said this to you guys, I kind of opened it up to just be like, you know, if you had sort of a full access backstage, like if you could, if you could, roam around, whatever, however you want to take it. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. What do you think? I, I got to think about this because I forgot that I was going to ask you this <laughs> question. Well, I, so what I'm going to say is I this is, I think, under the influence of – I've been listening to a lot of episodes of the Marx Brothers Council podcast, which is a great podcast by the Marx Brothers. And they've really put this um, – something they talk about a lot is uh, – wanting to see how they put their work together and wanting to see what it was like when they were on stage and things like that. And it's really put this – excitement in me over the idea that I will never have fulfilled because these sources don't exist of what would it be like to be on set seeing the Marx Brothers creating a movie and kind of crafting that material but especially in their early movies when this was a new thing for them and they were coming off of this big uh, Broadway success and they were really at the top of their game in terms of being innovative and exciting comedy figures and it dovetails with uh, I don't know if you guys watched uh, Get Back the the Peter Jackson speaking of Peter Jackson again the Peter Jackson Beatles uh, miniseries. Yes, I do. Uh, but I really loved it. But it would it mean but I want I wanted that kind of nonstop kind of fly on the wall access to exactly the same thing to the Marx brothers. I want to see what it was like to be around them when they were working. And I remember when it was over, uh I was talking to my wife about it. And I was like, I want to see that for the Marx Brothers. I want to see that for like Marvel in the 1960s and what just watching what it was like for those people to work together on these things. So mm-hmm. I really wish I could have just kind of like hung around and watched the Marx Brothers doing, you know, Coconuts or Animal Crackers or, you know, one of their early movies. You know, having thought, like, the thing that comes to mind from what you said just now is um, 
I would like to see the Muppet movie where like there's a mm-hmm. combination of like those performers, those spe- special performers with these characters I love, seeing them, you know, op- how they operate, how they like would talk to each other as the characters. You know, you see these outtakes that are very funny of just like them staying in character, goofing around, but also like just the technical challenge of like, mm-hmm. how do they do these various things? How, how do you, you make set a frog a ride a bicycle with that's no all strings? puppets. Uh, yeah, and I think that like that's part of the interest of it. Like, I, I this wouldn't be my choice, but I think that I thought of it because of like the theatricality of it. Something like Russian Ark, where they're like, "Let's do it all in one take." Like being mm-hmm. like on the side and being like, "Okay, well, what goes into that?" You know, so that you can sneeze during the first and second takes, and they're like, "All right, we're ninety five minutes into the movie. I guess we got to go back to one." Yeah. You have a thought? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think mine is is pretty obvious. Uh, I'm gonna bring bring up our old pal Peter Jackson again and say the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, yeah. oh what I wouldn't give to have been in Middle Earth during that time. Uh, it just obviously there's uh, a ton of uh, behind the scenes footage uh, on the extended version discs, uh, which I'm assuming are still in some of the. I don't know if. In the various physical media, they still package it with all that, but all the all the behind the scenes stuff so cool and like obviously it looks like it was hard, uh, but so much stuff was like built for it, and there were so many extras, many of whom were not treated very well, and that's too bad. But um, yeah, there's just like there's something kind of special about that movie because it feel it's obviously something that you know is never we're not going to get a movie made like that anymore. No, so, and combining uh, similarly combining that with. Dan's Muppet thing. I hadn't thought about this before, but to be on the set of the Dark Crystal would have been oh, really yeah. Oh yeah! Wow. To see to see them to, similar to see them operating those puppets, see them like see, see people in those costumes and make it walking around and just live in that world for a little bit it would be super and, exciting. And watching and watching people problem solve and work around and figure yeah. out the way to make those things happen. You got to assume not every Gartham worked every time. <laughs> no, no. So let's do the last thing. We usually do on the show, which is recommend things. Now, normally, uh, again, if the strike wasn't going on, we would recommend maybe new movies or any movies that we'd seen. But now we're opening up recommendations to just sort of whatever, to to not be promoting maybe stuff we don't want to at this time. Uh, I'm going to recommend a book. Uh, it's like a movie in your mind. It's like a movie in your mind. Well, you know what? If you're not watching movies, maybe because of the strike, maybe read about them. Uh, the book I wanted to recommend was Cameraman, Buster Keaton, The Dawn of Cinema, and The Invention of the 20th Century. I had had this book on my Amazon wish list for a long time. Uh, and then the uh, blank check Buster Keaton episode that had Dana Stevens on inspired me to be like, you know what? No one's going to buy, buy me this at least not anytime soon. I'll get it. I'll read it. And I'll I'll like it. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, Dana Stevens has been a lifelong fan of Buster Keaton. She did a lot of amazing uh, research into not just sort of the story of his life, but about how his life intersected with the technical changes of, just the world in general and movie making in particular. And uh, it's just a really engaging thing to read if you have any interest in that topic. 
Uh, last time I recommended tank tops, but unfortunately today, I think I'm actually going to recommend a movie. I hope that's okay. I'm going to recommend an older movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, watching some newer movies made me want to go back and rewatch the films of Brian De Palma, a filmmaker who I'd seen bits here and there, but I hadn't, I feel like I, there's large portions of his uh, filmography I hadn't really explored. So I went back and watched uh, Dress to Kill, which is a very sleazy New York thriller uh, featuring Michael Caine. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's like a great, like sleazy, gross, giallo uh, thriller uh, that is, uh, yeah, I mean, it has such a sense of place and it also is like grimy in a way that, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to see anymore because it do- certainly doesn't deal with issues of mental health or, yeah. uh, or, or, pe- or, uh, or I ide- gender identity, gender identity. Yeah. It's uh, not sensitive. It's say. not sensitive. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's beautifully made and it's, it's a, it's a good thriller. Yeah. Dress to kill. And I'm also going to recommend a movie. I'm going to recommend an old movie, but an even older movie than Stu recommended. Uh, I'm going to recommend a comedy from 1934 that's called Sing and Like It. And it's a very goofy movie. This is very much the second half of a double bill, most likely, uh, because the big stars in it are Zazu Pitts, uh, Nat Pendleton, Pearl Kelton, Edward Everett Horton. Uh, the romantic interest of the of the main female lead is John Quaylen, who Dan would know best as the prisoner in His Girl Friday that they're hiding in a desk. Uh, oh. the, the production for use guy. But uh, it's the story. Zazu Pitts plays a woman who works <laughs> in a bank but is singing a song about loving your mother in, a, in the bank amateur talent show. A gangster overhears her in the middle of a heist. The gangster, a gangster overhears her singing it and – becomes so obsessed with this song and bringing it to a larger audience that he essentially hijacks uh, the production of a Broadway show and forces them uh, through threats to include her and make her the star. And uh, I especially want to highlight the actor Ned Sparks, who is just a deadpan gangster type. That He was in a lot of 30s movies, but he's just very funny. And everything he says, he's always like around it. He has a cigar in his mouth. And he's always like, yeah, I'll say. Like, anyway, that's his tone every time, but I think it's hilarious. I will warn you, there is one joke in the movie about the gangster giving his uh, his girlfriend two black eyes. That joke did not go over well with me when I was watching it. <laughs> but otherwise, it's just a really funny movie. There's a lot of funny uh, just back and forth repartee. It's super silly. And yeah. by the end of it, it has barely held together as a film. It's less than an hour and 20 minutes long. Uh, but it's- Sounds perfect. Very, it's very fun. It's called- Sing and like it. And I saw it on the Criterion channel, so it may still be available there. Well, uh, that's it for this episode. As always, uh, check out the website, uh, flophousepodcast.com. If you're interested in Flop TV, there's links there. You could also just go directly, uh, what is it, theflophouse.simpletix.com. If you go to theflophouse.simpletix.com, our next episode is coming up on, again, you have one week to watch uh, our last episode. Our next episode comes out September 9th, and we're doing Cool World. Cool World. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, But yeah, if you you can't remember that, just go to our website. There'll be links there too. Uh, Thank you to Alex Smith, our producer, uh, for all the great work he does. He goes by the name Howell Doughty. On various socials, he has his own podcast, Fast Track, which is very good. If you want to check that out, 
Uh, if you want to go over to MaximumFun.org, our podcast network, there are a lot of other great shows on the network. I'm sure you would find something else that you liked if you give them a sample. Uh, thank you for listening. You know what? The only way we can really grow the show, honestly, is through you. So if you know people who are just raring to listen to a funny podcast about movies, maybe recommend us to them. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes or elsewhere. A positive one, please. That would be nice. Uh, and keep being you, you know? You're yeah, great. Just keep on trucking, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if you're great. If you're, if you're if, a bummer, don't, you should change. Yeah, if, if, you, if you drive a truck, keep on trucking. Whatever you do, keep on doing it. If it's not hurting people. Yeah, and if it's murder, don't keep on. You just don't turn keep yourself on in. Stopping, if, stop murdering. If you're hitting people with a truck and you're like, I'm maximum overdrive, don't keep on trucking. Also, because yeah. the maximum mm. overdrive, there are no drivers in those trucks. The trucks that turn yeah. evil. Yeah. Uh, the Green Goblin was <laughs> the villain in that, from what I recall. Oh, wow. Well, the Green Goblin's <laughs> truck. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you for listening. For the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. Bye. Let's do a count off, count off, let's count it off, count it off. Let's count it off, let's count it off, count it down, count it up, count it round, count it, count it, count it, count it, count off. One. Two. Three. That was a count off, count off. We did it just to count off, counting all around the town, counting up, counting down, counting all, counting on, counting in, counting out, counting up, counting clout, counting bout, counting snout, counting. Okay. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported. Directly. By you.